0: I us not Let's go. Let's go. let Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julietta Televi. And joining me this evening to tackle your questions are Alex Dace from Umtumba Wealth and Kayeletu Nodada from Old Mutual Investments. So if you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at BusinessDayTV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Uh, Kayeletu, nice to see you there this evening. I know that Alex is having a few problems with his audio, so it's just the two of us for now. Um, not... a a brilliant day for the markets, if you consider what happened to the currency markets, Um, but at least we finished in the green. And to some extent that was all thanks to to NASPASS, I I imagine. What was behind that jump, which kind of uh, was, uh, I I suppose, in contrast to to a lot of other moves uh, to the downside that we saw?
1: Um, Well, good afternoon um, and thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, So what we saw Today, I mean, we're taking context of what we saw on Friday. I mean, the market was down uh, markedly on Friday following uh, and pretty much digesting what the Fed um, and other central banks had done with interest rates. Uh, The hike, mostly expected, but the key negative surprise, I guess, was that uh, the commentary of the Fed post, um, going into uh, the end of the year was that they might hike more than what the market is expecting. Uh, So they're more hawkish than expected. Um, and you saw that across quite a lot of the central banks uh, around the world, uh, with the exception of UK, which, um, uh, where you saw uh, the UK come in uh, with the stimulus, uh, effectively stimulus package uh, proposed tax changes. Um, and we saw that playing out in the pound. But basically, it was quite a bad day, a negative day for uh, risk off assets. Um, so rather, risk on assets uh, yep. on Friday. And today, we saw a little bit of a bounce uh, with some of the tech stocks um, even in the US for that matter, uh, bouncing, uh, from the lows from Friday.
0: I mean, to some extent, uh, the Chinese government, uh, sort of wants to come in and support its stock market. Um, Alex, um, I, I think we, you can probably hear us. I hope we can hear you now. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, um, is that a is that a savvy move? Is that kind of a you know it puts a a floor underneath um, any um, stock with exposure to China? I mean, we you know there's an ETF on the South African market, the China MSCI uh, uh, ETF. Um, are you quite sort of convinced by that?
2: Good evening. Um, have you got all yummy? Um, yes, we can. So I think investors need to. <laughs> i think start to get used to the fact that over the last 14 years we've got so much monetary and fiscal stimulus that we're not really used to what when there's a real sell-off in the markets or economic downturn that you have to take the full pain hmm. um so what we're seeing an the moment, of course and specifically in the united states is seeing um quantitative tightening and at the same time interest rates going up so that means there's no more fiscal support or, or quantitative easing in trying to buy back shares or bonds whenever they're under pressure to try to support a market. So that means the political downside is a lot more than we've experienced over the last 14 years.
0: Mm.
2: Now, you always will get some um, governance or central banks that will perhaps be against the, the current uh, status quo. So, for example, China might be giving further stimulus and so forth. But the fact of the matter is the Chinese economy is slowing down. You know, I mean, I think they expect that the GDP grows a region about 3%. What is coming in even next year is going to be disappointing as well they've got a huge amount of debt issues um specifically on the personal side of things and the, a and the massive um property potential crisis there so i don't think stimulus can really move the structural issues they've got you know over the medium term so i think investors will have to brace for some pain mm. unfortunately and uh, you know high interest rates high inflation high unemployment low asset class prices
0: yeah, it's it's a toxic cocktail um, and, um, you know, m- equities have been sort of, uh, I, I suppose, just clattered <laughs> in this all it takes fight uh, um, to combat inflation, um, which has been kind of unleashed by the Fed and now it's this, this sort of w- Race from every central bank to follow suit. Um, just on the pound, you know, we went, we we breached 18 to the do- to to the dollar today. Um, uh, as far as the rand is concerned, which felt horrible. I mean, we went to uh, to 1807, but <laughs> we weren't as badly off as the pound. Um, and uh, a viewer has actually sent through a question, and he says. As a true capitalist, I support the UK government decision to cut tax rates in order to support growth. There's obviously short-term pain or panic, like the plummeting pound, but I see longer-term gains. What do the guests think? Um, and he says, as a Capco investor, I hope this is true. Uh, Kayaletu, um, firstly, do you think the UK is in for a really rough ride? I mean, it's one, you know, uh, cut taxes... Um, and then have to borrow to do it. That sounds like the worst form of, if you were a household budget, um, you know, you would need your head read, right? Um, But this is what they're doing. So the the suggestion is that they've lost all credibility with the markets. Is it going to be a savage ride out here for the pound, uh, for starters?
1: Um, The UK, I mean, the the UK hasn't seen these levels of inflation um, for a very, very long time. Um, And... As a consumer, there's already been a lot of pain uh, that's been felt there um, just on the ground. Uh, and, and some of the stories you hear anecdotally about uh, just how expensive uh, sort of electricity bills have gone up, um, how difficult it is to get um, hotels and move around, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's been already uh, it's, it's, it's already been uh, quite a tough uh, environment. Uh, and the stimulus, as you'd expect, uh, I guess, from a government to try and support the consumer, um, the stimulus would be welcome if i was a consumer in in the uk but on the market side of things um i think it's an opportunity if you're looking for uh quality assets um if you're a dollar investor that is uh, and given the uh pound move uh i think some assets would have look will look a lot more attractive uh at the prices that they are now um okay. albeit it may just be a short-term uh pain uh long-term you could uh make some uh, good returns from the uk market
0: hmm. Alex, do you concur? Or do you think the UK, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Do you concur or do you differ?
2: It's an interesting one because in our team, we don't have consensus yet. So most of my team members are on that <laughs> on that page. However, I'm a bit different. Um, so if you think about the UK at the moment, uh, then stagflation, right? So that really means high inflation, low growth. Now, you need to raise interest rates in a stagflated environment to try to, obviously, try to bring inflation down. But at the, the problem is, there's no focus on growth there, and I think you know growth is also a way to get out of deflation. That could be done through re- reducing uh, deregulation, for example, or uh, re- increasing investment, um, uh, and or re- reducing taxes. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. This so by reducing taxes, they're hoping that they will stimulate more demand, more uh, more investment, and hopefully try to grow themselves out of this problem. Mm. Um, so I, I can see the reason for that. Obviously, execution is going to be going to be a key risk. And if they get give them time to, to do it, you know, the UK politics in the is very volatile. And I'm not too sure if the Conservatives will actually will have a chance to to uh, see through this strategy. But mm. I think sometimes you need to think a bit more differently to try to get strategy. You can't just raise interest rates and hope for the best. Mm. You know, you have to try to grow the economies.
0: But the problem is that everyone's being forced into this interest rate hiking cycle as a result of the Fed. I mean, we're seeing it here. If we don't hike interest rates... Uh, our rand is gonna weaken further, therefore we'll have more imported inflation. So the Reserve Bank finds itself in this impossible bind, even though there's no demand in our economy. So, I mean, do we kill the economy uh, just to save the currency? Um, Kaeletu, uh, I mean, do you see this, uh, you know, this kind of spiral continuing, where everyone has to just keep pace uh, with the Fed in in terms of monetary tightening, regardless of what is actually unique to their own economies?
1: Um, so what we can't escape is that um, our local market is influenced by the global markets and uh, by and large the U.S. market is, is a very important market for um, how we um, proceed going forward. Uh, on, on the one hand, we have i mean benefited from the stimulus that um, the, the other expert was, was mentioning, the stimulus over the past 14 years um, and all of that that we've seen. Our market has also benefited in that and as we try to curb inflation now um i i, I do see although it could surprise on the on, on the negative side in terms of how hawkish it is um going forward i do see reason for us to also try to curb inflation and keep it within the the target band that we as a central bank um rather we as south Africa africa's our central okay. bank uh targets we target our range we're outside of that range and you can see our central bank um Hiking in order to curb inflation, and the global market does influence that. So, yeah, it's not. I I don't think it's outright following, um, but uh, to an extent, we do need to um, curb inflation. um, Okay. Yeah.
0: Can I just go back to the viewer's question? On, and he's a capital and counties um, investor. And uh, sorry, Kaya let's just stick in with you, Alex. Before I get to you, because I know you you also tend to look at uh, a few UK stocks. Um, Would you be buying more Capco shares at this point? I mean, you you suggested that this is a is it actually an opportunity to maybe take advantage of the panic? Um, is that something that you would buy or are property shares in the, the UK now at a sort of precarious juncture, given what's going to happen to interest rates there?
1: Um, I mean, looking at the, at, at the, the impact overall uh, and, and, and Capco is quite specific, um, the impact of the higher um, interest rates um, overall globally, there's quite a lot of opportunity that is, um, cropped up in terms of what the share prices have done, even here in the SA market. And I would start here um, on my side. Um, and there's quite a lot of more attractive. Some, some of the counters have been cheap, but they're starting to be cheaper. And that's where, uh, in terms of our philosophy, we're looking and we're saying um, the stocks are getting cheaper. They're high quality stocks. We think they're long-term winners. Um, and there's quite a lot of short-term pain um, that we're going to see. And that we are seeing in the numbers and it's just a matter of trying to work through um Mm -hmm. and prioritizing as it were uh where the highest or the uh, the most offer you can make uh for your clients um at this level so i am getting quite quite excited about where the market is Mm. Uh, i was looking at uh, the numbers on friday and saying this is long-term lows two-year low prices uh five-year ten-year lows in terms of where the prices are um and i'm thinking there's quite a lot of value that is in the sa market as well um so Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would look. I'd look. I, I would look even broader as well. That's that's the that's the okay.
0: point. Alex, uh, just going back to you to to finish off the segment, I mean, if we look at capital and counties or uh, UK property stocks or any UK shares, um, is it a good opportunity to to get in there or to buy more or to sell out? Which uh, doesn't seem to be where either of you are at, the the letter.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm not an active manager in the UK, but I can imagine it must be a lot of opportunity for active managers in the UK <laughs> at the moment. So if you do want to invest in the UK, I'd probably look for active managers instead of buying ETFs, because I'm sure there's specifically in, in the mid- and small-cap UK space, some of the stocks must have been sold off to ridiculous valuations. Um, so I think, yeah, that's what you Now, The problem with CACCO, I used to be quite constructive on the business, but they have lost quite a lot of optionalities. You know, a few like, years ago, they had to sell uh, all scored, and so they don't really have anything... It's going to really grow the business. Covent Garden is already a relatively mature asset at high valuation. Of course, doing now the um, merger with uh, Shaftesburg, which is going to expand that offering and so forth. But I don't see any much optionality for that business to really grow to earning strongly over time and then earning a good yield. Hmm. So there's probably better opportunities in the UK market. But if you're in South Africa and you're looking for UK opportunities, one of those is, of course, uh, Capco and, you know, you can probably do worse than Capco, but um, it's not something that's uh, at the moment that is exciting me. Uh, there's certainly a lot of other opportunities locally and I also managing offshore that's probably better than Capco.
0: There was one share that had a fabulous day and that was Tiger Brands. Um was starting with you again. Uh, the share was up, what, 8%, 9%? Um, on a pretty... I, I sort of felt like the, the trading update could be characterized as not as bad as feared. Um, although actually... And not to take anything away from tigers, but there seemed to be some genuine improvements in the business. Um, what did you make of the, the share price reaction?
1: Um, yeah, uh, we will say the um, earnings numbers came out um, earlier and they were better than, than what the market expected. I mean, 35 to 45% um, hips growth expected. Uh, albeit with, if you think of what happened last year, there were there was still unrest, there was... Um, There was a product recall last year uh, in their canned vegetables. Um, So there are some of those impacts that are in the base. But the second half momentum in the second half, the positive surprise was that uh, they were able to pass on quite substantial double-digit inflation Mm. um, uh, to curb some of the cost pressures that uh, we've seen across um, all the producers, actually. And um, that is actually positive momentum going into the second half of trading. Um, which is on the year end is 30 September, which is a, a few days out. Yeah. Um, so the numbers were, were better than expected. Second half was um, especially pleasing, um, There are some one source, um, but yeah, it was a better than expected number and quite a good performance from Tiger Brands yeah. uh, this and morning.
0: I didn't actually realize that it closed over 10% higher, so, so 10.4% up today. Um, I know people like John Picard will be very happy because they have quite a lot of Tiger Brands in their fund, the most unwanted and unloved share in the JSE, um, Alex, uh, the other thing that was quite interesting was how, you know, they said all load shedding has, has not been as disruptive to the business as you might expect. You know, they've kind of invested in alternative sources of supply, although they did caution that the generators that they have to run uh, cost them four times as much as ESCOM Electricity. So, I mean, so it's clearly not ideal to have to bear that cost because, I mean, that's also something that you're going to be mm, – Struggling to pass on uh, down the line, um, but yeah. Uh, uh, what what did you what other takeaways did you uh, make from from that uh, trading update?
2: Well, we're kicking ourselves a little bit at the moment because we looked at uh, Tiger Bands very closely. i late and decided not to buy it, but <laughs> <laughs> perhaps should have bought it. But uh, look, um, this is obviously a step in the right direction for Tigers, but a lot still needs to be done uh, at a business. Mm. You know, I don't think, you know, a lot of uh, strategic direction changes needs to happen. there. you know, look, to sell some of the lower quality assets and focus on the quality ones. We do, because we do have a lot of number one brands, which has got a lot of potential and, and so forth. Perhaps they need to become smaller in order to become more nimble and, and focus on value return for shareholders and also then shift the narrative back to growth. Um, um, Alex, but sorry, think, which, uh,
0: which assets do you think they would should sell in your view?
2: Well, certainly. I mean, you know, the thing about the HPC business, uh, home personal care. I mean, that's something that doesn't really make sense. Something they wanted to sell in the, in the past. We know start doing something similar in that business. Um, you know, and then some of the some of the brands that are perhaps are not leading brands uh, in their portfolio. So You just want to reduce, make the business more um, simple, reduce complexity, reduce unnecessary costs, mm. and perhaps also reinvest back into the mid management team in the business. Because the Tigers has lost a lot of skills. Uh, over the last ten, fifteen years, and uh, it's un- unsure if they've really been able to replace those with adequate skills. So that's, you know, that's what you need to do. So clean up the business, make it more simple, reinvest back into getting quality people on board, make the business more asset light, with some growth potential, and I'm sure the rating will follow over time. But. It's a lot of work to do, but it's good to see Tigers at least giving some sort of yeah. positive update. But there are some ones so in those numbers and so, so we'll have to wait for the detailed results to get a true sense of what the true operating underlying performance was and where what the path is from here going forward. Yeah.
0: Just sticking with the food groups, um, Kailetu, there's been quite a lot of uh, uh, trading updates, bit of corporate action rumoured to be about. I mean, and you have a plethora of options actually on the JSC. So you've got Tiger Brands, you've got AVI, you've got Libstar. Um, you've got, um, Brait actually, you know, which is going to, s- uh, spin off Premier. Um, s- so there's, there's quite a range to choose from. Uh, d- uh, do you have a, a certain view of the, the food sector and the JC? Oh, and RCL Foods, um, uh, and RCL is also, um, could, uh, you know, spin off the chicken business and the sugar business. I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of potential action taking place there. So, uh, if you had to survey the sector, do you have any particular favorites or any particular shares that you would <laughs> just not go near?
1: Um, Yes, Um, so look at the food space AVI stands out Um, Highly defensive business Very strong brands Ability to pass on price Protect margins Hold on to some of the volume And they produce very high returns And they continue to reinvest in the business Um, Whatever's left from there uh, They then maintain their very um, I suppose very high dividend yield And they continue to pay specials every probably two to three years on average. They pay special dividends. So it's a highly defensive business Mm -hmm. um, and and pays a very good dividend, very good capital allocators. So when you look at AVI, that's the one that stands out for me um, in the food space. Um, And we we, we like that for our clients and we like that for our portfolios, especially going into um, this part of the the cycle, as it were.
0: Okay, yeah, you want a safe pair of hands. Alex, uh, do you have a similar view or are there any, any others that take your fancy?
2: Yeah, so I think if, if AVI can do, give you earnings growth of five to six percent over the next three to five years, share price will probably be closer to a hundred rand. Um, so I think that's, that's the optionality in, in AVI. not shoot the lights out, but I think it will give you decent returns if they could produce from this, from this current earnings base. Um, RCL, which has been a massive underperformer for as long as I can remember, <laughs> Um, there is, of course, some corporate action happening there, and I think we want to look out for. Um, mm-hmm. Also, within the Remgrove stable. So it, it could be that Remgrove eventually decides to, to deal as RCL or, or, or merge it with their, some of their existing food business, and then RCL doing some additional deals, whatever the case might be. But once again, they first need to start to clean up their portfolio. I mean, we know I mean, the Vector business logistics is underperforming um, the chicken, as you mentioned, too. Unfortunately, they're going to keep the, the 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 sugar, but I think overall the portfolio there is work required, and if they can do that, mm. perhaps the underperformer could change the momentum. The others is, I'm not too fond of Lobstar, RFG. I think they've got some issues, and uh, I would rather prefer to be an AVI. And I can see a reason for something to be optimistic about Tigers, but there yeah. are some issues as I alluded to earlier.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, speaking of Remgro, um, there was the news today that it's going to unbundle its shares in Grindrod Limited um kayleto do you think that's a, a savvy move i mean actually remgro has been super busy in the last 12 months they've been doing a a lot of things to clean up their portfolio i think maybe maybe all the criticism that they received from investors for doing nothing for so long really stung and it seems as if it's lit a fire under underneath yanu durant
1: yeah um, i saw the news earlier today and I mean, you look at all these holding companies and how unpopular holding company discounts uh, have become. Remgro trading at a near the highest uh, discount to the underlying NAV um, uh, of the businesses they hold, um, and they've been very busy, as you say. There was uh, the Mediclinic, uh, there's Total Energies. That was, I suppose, that's a rumour at this stage because uh, neither companies have um, uh, confirmed that. And today's Grinrod announcement actually was a bit of a surprise for me because, uh, as you're saying, they've been quite busy. Uh, but this is the journey to unlock uh, some of that um, uh, discount um, in NAV, so unlock some of that value um, and I suppose we'll, we'll wait for further details as to the rationale and the reasoning beyond that uh, from mm. the Remgro side, uh, but that was um, I suppose a positive surprise uh, from my side um, yeah. that they continue to uh, try to close that gap.
0: Yeah, Alex, Um, as for Grindrod Limited, um, do you like it do you look at it i i have to confess I, I say i mean I, I own shares in it but it could have been a retirement trade for me but i only bought ten thousand rand worth of stock because <laughs> the share is up about a hundred percent here today so it's done extremely well but uh, sadly i'm not as rich as i i would have liked to be um would you still buy the share what do you think its prospects are
2: um yes i think that they're, they're still on the path to continue to create value i mean it's been a Tremendous value has been created over the last 18, 24 months, and it's still not finished yet. So, obviously, Grenrode Bank, that deal is imminent. Um, so, I think, from a Rengo perspective, I think the timing is a little bit surprising. because course, that Greenwood Bank deal almost through, you would imagine that uh, they would have wasted for that a little bit. But mm. there is some conflict of interest in some of the bits they have with masks and so forth. So, there are some reasons for, for, for them proceeding with the unbundling as quickly as they have. But on Grinrot, they've also got some assets they can further sell from a private equity side of perspective. Um, I think the underlying performance and the ports business is looking quite good. Um, I think they are well-positioned, and valuation is still not expensive. And this is a business which was a massive underperformer in the past, being, being far too complex, uh, having too many assets that underperformed. Um, they've cleaned up the portfolio, mm. much more streamlined now, much more focused on... on on, on cash, cash flows as well as returns on first and as a result, well we're seeing the impact of it. Yeah. I think a lot more SA companies need to follow this, this mandate and we'll see much better results going forward. Yeah,
0: let's hope so. All right, we'll get into your stock picks this evening, gents. Um, Kaeletu, what takes your fancy?
1: I suppose, consistent with the theme um, of, of defensive stocks with AVI just now, uh, we, my, my stock pick is British American Tobacco. Um, like the defensive nature uh, of the business, especially going into a slowdown, um, and or p- possible recession uh, that tends to do quite well uh, going through um, such such uh, negative periods. Mm. Uh, the rand hedge um, c- um, qualities are also quite attractive, strong cash generation, uh, attractive dividend yield at over six to seven percent basically um, and the new generation products that they 've launched uh, over the past few years are are, are starting to lose less. (laughs) So the direction of travel um, is actually improving for those next generation products. um, And those are are, are actually gaining momentum and 2025 is a target for them to break even and actually start being profitable. Uh, So quite like the longer term story where they actually able to disrupt their own portfolio in order to drive growth (coughs) going forward.
0: Yeah, okay, great. Um, Alex, how about you?
2: Yeah, my stock pick is CMH. So a few months ago, when they had the annual results, it was one of my stock picks, and I said, if Siemens can grow earnings from this base, it will be a very good opportunity. So the day they brought out the interim statement, and we saw a very strong update, and it seems like a very high probability that they are going to have a very strong pool here. Hmm. If you analyze this earnings number, it gives you roughly about a PE of just slightly below 5, or a dividend yield in the region of 14%. Jeez for CMH and usually H2 is also better for, for CMH than H1 so I think the valuation is still very compelling. Even as Africans are getting poorer and poorer and they're not saving, they are still buying a lot of cars. <laughs> they can just look at the demands for the likes of Aval and so forth is going through the roof. So mm. I think uh, CMH have, have gained, gained market share which they're going to retain specifically in the car rental side of the business. Um, I think they're going to have a cracker set of results and it's still attractive from a valuation perspective in my view. And there's just so many opportunities I think in S Inc at the moment where you can pick up mm. you know, stocks at least than P of seven dividend yield of X of seven. Here's a stock of a P of about five, dividend yield of fourteen. Yeah. You know, high very high quality of earnings, no no balance, no no debt. Quite a no brainer for me.
0: Yeah. All right, gents, we shall leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us. Nice to chat to you both. Uh, Alex Deis from Umthombo Wealth. Kayeleto Nondada from Old Mutual Investments. And just a quick reminder before I go, uh, tune in tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Uh, we bring you live coverage of the 15th Annual South African Innovation Summit brought to you by the, the Department of Science and Innovation. The event brings together top entrepreneurs, innovators, corporates, policymakers and thought leaders under one roof to support and inspire sustained economic growth across Africa. So That's at 10 o'clock tomorrow on Business Day TV. Good night. OF COUST CLASS <laughs> activities 膘 facilities assignments particularly so this gegangen list of solutions